You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning, Discovery. Welcome for our live studio that's here. Welcome to those that are at home. Welcome. Merry Christmas. This is our Merry Christmas Sunday. Wait, I said that wrong. This is our Christmas Sunday. It's Merry, but this is our Christmas uh, Sunday. We're so glad that you're hanging out with us this morning. Uh, if there's someone new streaming today, and I have not yet had the opportunity to meet you, my name is John. I get this amazing privilege to lead this community that we call Discovery. And uh, man, we have seen a year. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm very grateful that 2021 is coming. Three people, and that's amazing. So <laughs> this is my hype crowd in three people. So, yeah, that's how this is going today. And uh, <laughs> I'm just messing. Um, again, we're glad that you're hanging out with us this morning. As Janice said, uh, go ahead, let us know who's watching, who's viewing this morning. We want to say hi. We have our friend Nick facilitating our, our Discovery profile this morning. And so, if nothing else, just say hi, Nick. And, um, oh, hey, there we go. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to say next Sunday, since the beginning of time, well, since the beginning of Discovery, we have always taken the last Sunday of the year off. And so uh, next Sunday, there will be no worship experience, but we're coming back that first Sunday in January. And so you'll be able to, if you want to be part of the live studio audience here, you'll be able to register for that, um, for that Sunday. We'd love for you to, to hang out with us and to create an environment for everyone that's online. Um, and so, so yeah, next Sunday, or next Sunday, no church, the 27th, and whatever the first Sunday of January is, uh, we'll be back uh, streaming live. And so, uh, as Janice also said, thank you so much for those that gave for Legacy. Uh, people are still giving, so we're going to wait to share, like, what has come in. But I, I believe that this house that we're in right now that there's going to be so many, so much ministry that will take place in this, in this place. That there'll be so many lives transformed, so many lives that discover Jesus as their hope, and so that's what we're given to. Uh, we're not given to brick and mortar. We're given to to this this place, this position that we have to 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 just be hope in our city. And so, thank you again so much for those that that have given so generously. I'm excited because I get to do the Christmas message this morning. However, the only problem that I'm learning with the Christmas message is you kind of have one passage of scripture uh, <laughs> to share every year. And so like it's, 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 um, it's challenging, but I believe that, that I have something that will encourage you. Uh, and so here's the verse for today. It's going to really lead us and guide us into uh, to the end of this time together. It's found in John Chapter 1, John chapter 1 and verse 14, and here's what it says. The Word became flesh. Come on, at home, type in the word flesh. Live studio audience, let me hear you say flesh. flesh. Ooh, flesh. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. I'm going to pray one more time, and then we're going to get started. Father, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for your faithfulness in your kindness to us. Father, I pray right now that as we celebrate Christmas, 
God, that, that we wouldn't see it as a staled story, but that it would come to life. Holy Spirit, I pray that, that you would just bring to life the power of the word becoming flesh. We love you so much. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone said, amen, amen. So this past June, my family and I decided to go on a mini vacation. And no judging, I don't want anybody on the comments to be like, chill. Okay, <laughs> I know it's going to be someone. And, and so we went in June, we went to Monterey, okay, we went to Monterey, uh, and we've never gone before. We've never been there. My wife and I, we've never been to Monterey. And uh, we went in the middle of a pandemic. And, right? So you go to Monterey to, to do the aquarium, and, but it, nothing was there. And, and we knew it. We just kind of wanted to get out of town. And, and so we, we arrived there, and uh, we realized that nothing is open except for candy shops and a bicycle shop, okay? And so uh, we're like, hey, let's go on a bike ride. We've never done a bike ride as a family at all, ever, before. And we're like, let's just live on the edge, right? Let's, <laughs> let's get that heart just boom, 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 boom. And so, so we go to this, this, this bicycle shop, and, and it's really cool because uh, they rent like single bicycle, uh, single bicycle bikes, uh, double bikes, but then they also have like these little carts and you can fit like three people in the front, three people in the back. And we're like, hey, let's do that. That seems like a lot of fun. And uh, so we get in there. Uh, I, I asked the people at the, at the counter. I'm like, hey, so we want, we've never been here. We want to go on a ride. Um, and they, they said, you have to. You have to go that way. What, I don't know if that's north or south, whatever. But they pointed that way. And they're like, if you pedal far enough down there, you'll, you'll reach this beach that is beautiful. Everybody that visits goes there. Like, this is the must place to see. And so my wife and I were like, yeah, that sounds like fun, you know. And so uh, we're, we're basing, like, we've never been there. We're basing it off of what this person, the salesperson had told us, and my wife and I were like, we're, we're in, you know, good shape, and we can, we can, she's laughing, <laughs> she's laughing, um, and, and, and so, like, we, we, we get on the bike, right, like, so, so we get on, get on the bike, and we just start pedaling, this is me pedaling, <laughs> I don't know if you can see it at home, but it's not worth it, um, and so we're just, we're pedaling, right, and, and, and we're kind of, we have, like, this swagger at the beginning, because it's flat ground. Like, this is easy. And then all of a sudden, this flat ground turns into uphill. And we're pedaling, man, and, and the flesh just comes out. Like, we just start, I look at my wife, carry your weight, right? Like, and she's like, carry your weight. <laughs> my kids are in the back, you suck, right? Like, <laughs> go faster. And we're pedaling, man, like, my heart, like, it's like, like, it's, <laughs> it's like when you work so hard, you just feel like you got to vomit, and we're like, we're like sweating, and uh, we're like, where is this place? Uh, like, there, and part of me was like, hey, just give up, just go back, 
my kids, they begin to say, hey, let's just go back to the candy shop. Let's not even, let's just stop. Let's, and my wife and I were like, no, we got to keep going. We got to reach the beach, right? Because this person that sold us the bike or leased us the bike was like, hey, you have to go. And so we're pedaling, we're pedaling, we're pedaling, we're pedaling. And then we, we pull off because we wanted to look at the view. <laughs> Uh, that's what we told ourselves. <laughs> Let's look at this beautiful view for like 30 minutes. <laughs> and in that moment, I'm like, man, we just need it. Let's just go back. I, like, I didn't want to, right? Like, I didn't want to keep going. But the, the, the sales clerk words just keep going in my, kept going in my head. Like, just, hey, it's beautiful. It's going to be amazing. Your family's going to love it. Your kids are going to love the water. Your kids are going to love the beach. That's where everyone goes. And it was those words that kept me going. And we kept pedaling uphill, and we're like, oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Finally, we got there, and there was no beach. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. We, <laughs> we got there, and there were people there, and the beach was there. It was beautiful. And I was like, oh, we did it. We made it. They didn't lie to us. Praise God, right? And so the reason why I'm telling you this story of how in shape I am is, is because I was thinking about this idea of how the clerk told us that if we kept pedaling, if we kept going, we'll reach something that is to our benefit. If we kept going, we'll reach something that we would enjoy. And in fact, this is what is really leading us up to this moment that we call Christmas. See, before there was ever a baby, there was a word. See, for those of you that are unfamiliar with your Bible, the first half of your Bible is, is, is known as the Old Testament. And one thing that we see all throughout the Old Testament is prophecy after prophecy, word after word of a Savior being born. Now, I just want to read a couple of, of those prophecies, those words to you, so you don't think I'm lying at home. So the first one is Jeremiah chapter 23. It says, for this for the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will be a king who rules with wisdom. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. And this will be his name. The Lord is our righteousness. In, is that it? The Lord is our righteousness. And that day Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. So what we have here is, is, is the prophetic happening of a word of a baby or of a savior, excuse me, that, that will come to pass. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall... And shall call his name Emmanuel. One more, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, watch this, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, 
Prince of Peace. And so year after year after year after year, word after word after word after word, Israel is waiting for the Savior. And I want to pause this morning and I just want to talk about this idea of waiting. I feel like 2000 has been known as the year of waiting. Right? Like, like for some of us, we can relate to this idea that 2020 has been this year of waiting. God, you said you would do this. I'm still waiting. God, you said that you would help me in this. I'm still waiting. God, you said you'd heal my body. I'm still waiting. God, you said that this would be a year of upgrade. I'm still waiting. God, you said you would enlarge my territory. I'm still waiting. And just like you and I, Israel, they were waiting. And perhaps just like you and I, Israel, got antsy in the middle of their wait. They, they, they begin to become a bit impatient in their wait. And in the midst of their impatience, what we see is that they begin to settle for less than God's best. They, they begin to settle. They, they're, they're waiting for a Savior, but because of their impatience, they, they begin to wait for God's second best. And so they begin to fall in love with idols. They begin to fall in love with earthly kings. And they're waiting and they're waiting. And their impatience leads them to God's second best. And I begin to think about that idea and, and how true it is for myself. That when I'm impatient, I make the worst choices ever. See, that when I'm impatient, I learn, or, or excuse me, when I'm impatient, I begin to settle for second best. When I'm impatient that God won't bring me that person that I'm desiring, I start going out with everyone. You got two legs, you're mine, baby. Right? Like, like when I'm impatient, I do things that aren't the best. Like when I'm impatient, I choose the job that God has second best because I'm not willing to wait for God's best. When I have to make a decision because I'm impatient and I don't think that God works fast enough, so prayer goes on the back burner, I just begin to make decisions because of my impatient nature. And so here we are, here is Israel. They, they become impatient because they're waiting. And because of their impatience, they begin to settle for God's second best and I was thinking about that I was thinking about how many of us could fall in that trap and I just want to let you know this morning that if God spoke it he'll do it that, that we have to learn and we have to remember that if God spoke it he'll do it just because we have to wait does not mean that God has forgotten and, and, and so as, as we're waiting for God to show up 
in 2021, going into 2021, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever you're waiting for, if God spoke it, if he's spoken, and if it's aligned to his word, he'll do it. And so we just got to learn to, 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 to know that, that when we're waiting, he did not forget this. And so here's Israel, they're waiting the word, the word, word after word, word after word, prophecy after prophecy. There's going to be a savior. There's going to be a savior. And, and, and they begin to settle for second best because they're impatient. But God. I had a professor tell me that there's no greater but than God's. Come on. You can put that in the comments. But God. So word after word, prophecy after prophecy, this idea of building word after word, after word, after word, after word, after word. All of a sudden we get to the gospel of John who, who would become one of Jesus' disciples. And he writes in John chapter 1 in verse 14, he said, the word now is flesh. The word became flesh. And dwelt among us. That word after word, prophecy after prophecy, for thousands of years, all of a sudden went from word to flesh in the form of a baby. Which is what we're celebrating today, the birth of Jesus, the celebration of Jesus, the word became flesh. Listen, God's plan to save humanity was not based off of words, concept, or an idea. It's always been about flesh. God's desire to save humanity was never just with words, but it's always about flesh. There's something about flesh. I know this is awkward. There's something about flesh that God wanted to use in order to save humanity. The Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6 through 8. He says, though he was God, he being Jesus, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. In other words, Paul is saying Jesus wasn't like when, when God said, hey, we're going to go down there to earth you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna strip yourself of your divine nature. You're going to be a human. You're going to raise, be raised up. You're going to go through the growing out of lessons of, of from baby to toddler to kid to teenage. You're going to go through all of that, and then you're going to die. And, and Paul is writing that, that Jesus did not say, hey, wait, time out. Uh, this is below my pay grade. Let's send Gabriel. Right? Like, he didn't say that. Paul is saying that, that Jesus, though he was God, he did not think of himself as equality with He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Verse 7. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege. My God. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. And so in case you missed it, here's what's taking place. The word became flesh. 
The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus stripped himself from all of his divine nature to come to earth, to be the savior, not of a word, not of ideology, not of a concept, but as flesh. He came as flesh. And so what I want us to look at this morning, well, first before that, I, I want you to think about this idea that if God wanted to, he, he could come back. He could have came as a savior, as an animal. Right? Like God could have been any, he could have saved humanity. He could have, Jesus could have come down as an animal. He could have came down as, as a statue. He could have came down however he wanted to, and yet he chose to come down in human flesh. He took on the form of a human. And this morning, as we close, I want to give you two reasons why I think he decided to come down in human flesh form. The first one is this. The reason why he did it was to encourage you. He did it to encourage you. The author of Hebrews writes in Hebrews chapter 4, it says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. I think the first reason why Jesus, God decided uh, for Jesus to come in, in human flesh was because he wanted to build credibility. See, it would have been very easy because let's face it, we all go through things that are rough. We all deal with hardships. We all go through, through things and, and every, one, every single one of us at one point or another, we, we want to say, man, I, this is not even worth it. I just want to give up. I just want to throw in the towel. God, you have no idea what it's like down here. You have no idea what, it, what, what this is. You have no idea. And yet, the author in Hebrews says, we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. This idea that Jesus is on the right, at the right hand of the Father saying, God, I understand what they're going through. God, I understand the, 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 the fear, the hopelessness that they're dealing with now because I've been there. I lived it. I, I, I took on the form of human flesh and I came down and I experienced everything that they're going through. And that encourages us because if Jesus can do it, then we can do it. Well, Jesus was God. No, you missed it. Philippians 2, it said that he was willing to strip away his divine privilege. He came as a human. So if he can do it, we can do it. If he can do it, you can do it. We, we, like, we can go, like we can go through anything. Because Jesus modeled that. He built that credibility for us. 
the moment he came down, the moment the word became flesh. See, God had to build credibility so that his mission for you and I could be believable. He needed to empathize with how hard it is as being a human. So he took on the form of human flesh. Why did Jesus choose to go from the word to human flesh? The first reason, as we looked at, was to encourage you. But as you, if you've been here at any stretch of time, you, you'll understand that, that we're, we're, we believe that every benefit that God has for us doesn't just stop with us. Like it goes through us. And so he, he, he went from word to flesh. He, he chose human flesh to encourage you. And here's the second reason what, or the second reason is to encourage others. So Philippians chapter 2, what we read, Paul, what, what he's doing in verse 6 through 8, we read it earlier, is, is that he, he begins to describe what, uh, what, like the whole point and purpose of why Jesus did it. Like his like, like Paul is describing Jesus' Jesus's like whole mindset for what he's about to do. Go from word to flesh. And, and Paul says that in that process, Jesus had to walk in humility by stripping himself of his divine nature, taking on human form, but then also to submit and surrender to the obedience of God the Father. And so that's six through eight, but watch verse five. Paul writes this, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. To which the reader would have said, well, what type of attitude did he have? Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. That means that if Jesus can do it, you can do it. Again, my hype crowd, one person, I appreciate it. <laughs> Instead, he gave up his divine privilege. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross before that you must have the same attitude as Christ. Listen, God took on human form because he knew that one day Jesus would leave. He knew that one day once Jesus left, the only thing that this earth would have left as a representation of who Jesus is was the church. And that the church would be, watch this, the physical, the flesh reflection of Jesus here on earth. 
He chose to come in form of human flesh because he had confidence in you that when he left, you could pick up your cross and follow him. He went from word to flesh to encourage us so that we can encourage those around us. Come on, this Christmas story is so much more than just this baby. We get caught up with this, oh, look how cute this little baby is. Ah! It's more than a baby. Baby, baby Jesus, he symbolizes hope. He symbolizes faith. He symbolizes love. But he also symbolizes that you can do it too. That because of who Jesus is in your life, that you too could reflect love, faith, hope. So this Christmas, as we celebrate, as we look at the baby Jesus, let it not be a reminder of what we can't do but let it be a reminder of what you were called to do. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.